702, your number one news and talk station. And now we're into the third and final hour of early morning breakfast, six minutes past five, Saturday morning, the 30th of July. If you've just woken up and joined us, a very good morning to you. My name is Errol Ballantyne, and I'm with you for another 55 minutes. This is our health and well-being hour, and our guest for the next while is Lorraine Scherlinger, and she is on the line to us. Good morning to you, Lorraine. Morning, Errol. Are you well? It's been a while, hey? <laughs> Just over a year. Now yeah. I'm fine, thank you. And you? Good. Yes, always good. Thank you. Good. Now Lorraine is a, is a trainer. Um, she's talking about Alzheimer's. You are you connected, of course, with Alzheimer's SA? That's correct. Um, in the Hauteng region. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to be talking about Alzheimer's and inviting your questions. The numbers to dial: oh one one double eight three zero seven zero two or oh two one four four six zero five six seven. Or you could SMS on three one seven zero two or three one five six seven. Lorraine, just let's look at the extent of Alzheimer's, and it's it's a very it's a very scary disease, isn't it? It is It is worldwide. I don't think anybody is excluded from it. It could potentially hit anybody. Uh, but what is the extent of the problem here, do you know? Um, you know, if we're looking at what we did, we have um, a, an Alzheimer's risk, okay, disease risk. That has been given to us by ADI, Alzheimer's Disease International. And can I just give you some sort of um, the risk? Yes, please do. Mm. For example, up to the age of 64, we're looking at approximately one in 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. Between the age of 65 to 79, one in 20. 80 to 84, one in five. And over the age of 85 is one in three. But blanketing that, over the age of 65, the general is one in nine. You have a one Gosh. in nine chance over the age of 65 of getting Alzheimer's. And what we did is we worked out against the 2011 um, census mm. what the, the number of people in, in South Africa is at the moment. Well, then, put <laughs> then, not now. Um, over the age of 65... 2,215,211. So it's very high. Mm. It really is. And unfortunately, it's not really, it's not really recognized by the Department of Health in South Africa. Mm. Not recognized from what point of view, Lorraine? They know that it's there, Mm. but they don't acknowledge the extent of it. Mm. We don't get any assistance from them at all. And um, we are members of the World Health Organization, and the World Health Organization has declared it as a chronic disease, Mm -hmm. which means that the South African government should be having a program developed, Mm -hmm. an education program, prevention, etc., which is very hard. You can't really prevent Alzheimer's as such, Mm. Um, but there's nothing. There's no recognition along that line. Also, is it true that Alzheimer's or the disease is is uh, often misdiagnosed, um, which which could lead to, lead to further problems? Not that you can cure it if you diagnose it early, but there's certainly things that you can do. So, is it often misdiagnosed? Yes, it is. It's frequently misdiagnosed, and the thing is that to have the Alzheimer's diagnosed, you have you have to go for a proper to exclude other diseases as well, which other diseases that, if they're not treated, will present with the same symptoms as a dementia, as, for example, as Alzheimer's. And then we're having these little quick tests that are being done by some GPs. The people come in, they, they give them three things, they, three things to remember. They ask them to draw a clock, and then they ask them to repeat the three things. And if they can't do that, they're diagnosed with Alzheimer's. There are many different types of dementias out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a type of dementia either. Mm-hmm. So we are very concerned about that, especially with our young onset Alzheimer's. All right, we'll, we'll dig into all of that. Um, let's have a look at what is the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia. Is it, is it a, a, a type of dementia? Alzheimer's is indeed a type of dementia. Dementia is a syndrome, and the group of symptoms um, um, is uh, memory loss, Mm -hmm. 
difficulty communicating and difficulty reasoning or making decisions. And then you get your different types. Hmm. Um, almost, there's almost a hundred different types, but in South Africa we have six main different types. All right, let's have a look at those. What are those? Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. That is the most common. Mm-hmm. We have alcohol-related dementia. Some people call that corticos. Um, we have AIDS-related dementia. We have vascular dementia. What is that, three? Mm-hmm. We have um, Lewy body dementia, and we have frontotemporal lobe dementia. Give us the last two again. Frontotemporal lobe dementia. Mm-hmm. And Lewy body dementia. What is that? Lewy body is similar to the Parkinson's type of dementia. Um, you know Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. or most of us do, mm-hmm. and it's caused by um, a protein in the brain called Lewy bodies. And okay. that Lewy bodies can also form a de- cause a dementia. Mm. But some people get the, the signs of the Lewy body, they get the Lewy body dementia first, and then the Parkinson's disease, the symptoms. Or you can get the Parkinson's disease first and then you will eventually get the Lewy body dementia. So it depends on which came first mm. as to what you call it. Mm. Gosh, okay. Uh, if, if, if anybody, listeners know of anybody in their family or any friends who, who have dementia, um, have dementia, please give us a call if you want to ask Lorraine any questions about the management of it or the causes of it or anything else. Um, Lorraine is right here to answer all your questions. Um, Lorraine, the thing about dementia and about Alzheimer's is that there is absolutely no cure. Correct. It, 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 is, it is irreversible and it will end up in death. Correct. Yes. Now, what is it that actually kills the person? It's not, is it that the brain kind of disintegrates? Is that what causes it? Or is there a secondary effect like the it, breathing stops or uh, you can't, or the body starts to fall apart? What, what are the actual causes? That, that's what's actually happening. You're quite right there, Errol. As the Alzheimer's goes through the brain, what it's doing, it's killing off the neurons. It's killing off those brain cells. So as it moves through and kills off, if it hits the part, say, that controls your breathing, then you don't have difficulty breathing and in the end you will stop breathing. Your kidneys will stop working as it hits those areas of the brain. So eventually, yes, it's the Alzheimer's that will kill you, but we have one blessing. Often the person gets a pneumonia, and that is because they end up with a difficulty swallowing, Mm. and they start inhaling liquids and inhaling the food. (sighs) And the bacteria from the mouth as well then goes into the lungs, and they end up with a a pneumonia. Mm. So often the person with Alzheimer's will die from a pneumonia before they die from Alzheimer's. But if they don't die from any of those, that sort of complication, they will die from Alzheimer's, yes. There is a lot of fear, I think you, you would know far better than I, there's a lot of fear amongst uh, general public, especially as you get older, about uh, getting Alzheimer's. And, and I was saying it just in the promo an hour or so ago, I was saying, if you, if you leave your keys somewhere and you can't remember, gosh, I'm getting Alzheimer's, or if somebody said something to you an hour ago and you can't remember what they said, it must mean that I've got the onset of Alzheimer's. That is, that is not true, is it? You're quite correct. It's the memory recall that is important and the reasoning. If we lose our keys, normally we would think to ourselves, when did we have them last? You'll picture yourself walking into the yes. house. You go back into the room. Exactly. <laughs> you will read, read yes. oh, Don't we all know that? Yes. <laughs> what did I come in here for? <laughs> and, we, and we remember, don't we? Yes, we do. A person with Alzheimer's, first of all, often won't, won't reason that they just need to retrace their steps. They can't remember how to retrace their steps. Yes. And when they do find those keys, they can't remember having put them there. Right. For example. So it's that recall that is very important. And the recall doesn't have to be immediate. It can be a bit later as well. You know, forgetting somebody's name Mm. or forgetting the name of a a flower and then you remember it a while later. Mm. Okay, so Alzheimer's or dementia in, in, in effect is, is far greater than that. And we'll have a look at, at some, of the, uh, some of the symptoms and some of the different levels of severity. Um, let's go to the lines. Peter in Milnerton, hello. 
Morning, Peter. Sorry? Is that Peter in Milton? It is. If you are Peter in Milton, then that's that's for you, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) I I have just been replaced on a drug called Warfin. And um, I looked, I don't always read the the paraphernalia that comes in the box. And uh, Alzheimer's is one of the side effects of it. I was wondering if I'll listen on the radio, but I wonder if there's any other drugs that I could be on at the moment rather than uh, Warfarin. All right, Peter, let's ask Lorraine. Thanks very much for the call. Lorraine, can you put Peter's mind at rest? Um, we, I, that literature I query because it can't say that Alzheimer's is a side effect of Warfarin. If we knew that, we would know what's causing the Alzheimer's. Um, mm. I think that's been written incorrectly. It won't cause it, but it might aggravate it. Um, the, with regards to your memory, for example, or your ability to communicate. But I honestly do not see why. And Peter, I suggest you rather speak to your doctor about that one. Mm, you don't see any correlation between no, the two. No, I, I don't understand where that's coming from at all. Mm. All right, let's take a lot of SMSs coming through as well. Let's take some of these. Janet says, is good nutrition helpful in preventing Alzheimer's? Right. First of all, we cannot prevent Alzheimer's because we don't know what causes it. All right. But what they have found is good nutrition, for example, the Mediterranean diet, healthy lifestyle, exercise, good socialization does help slow down the onset of the disease. Mm. In fact, um, what they did find out in Britain this year is the predicted number of newly diagnosed cases was far less. And they think what it is is because people are are living a healthier lifestyle now. They're scared of Alzheimer's. Mm. And um, so it's slowing it down. But those people, unfortunately, as far as we know, they will still get Alzheimer's but at a later age. Right. Okay. Um, let's have a look then at another SMS. Well, this is from Jill. It says, uh, Hi, Errol, what is the front lobe dementia? All right. The frontotemporal lobe dementia, it, it affects, it's like an Alzheimer's, but it is not Alzheimer's. All right, okay? It affects the frontal and the temporal lobes of the brain. And what's affected there? Um, is your personality is usually one of the first signs. With Alzheimer's, the first signs is your memory loss, your short-term memory loss. But your frontal temporal lobe is where your reasoning happens, um, your decision-making, your personality, for example. And often it's the personality that's affected first. I don't know what's happened to my husband. He's not the man he used to be. And mm. then he's doing strange things and his memory is starting to go. Mm. Remember, those three areas that we mentioned of dementia will always be affected in some way, mm. but in different ways depending on the type of dementia. Um, yes, and yeah, it takes on a different pattern, a different progress, but it will end up in the same way with all dementias. If you don't die from something else, you will die from that type of dementia. Yeah. Or except for AIDS-related dementia, that that we can actually with antiretrovirals we can you can function normally again, but you've, yes. got, you've still got AIDS. Yeah. Yeah, but then then you know what the cause is related to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's look at some of these the symptoms and and the different different stages. Physical conditions connected to Alzheimer's exist in a person's body long before symptoms are evident. Right. Yeah. That what they're saying is that, you know, they've reckoned that with your memory loss with Alzheimer's, it can start 10 years before you're actually diagnosed because it's such a slow progressive disease. And mm. people were only really focusing on the memory. But now they've said it's not just the memory. It's mm. also the cognitive skills. Yeah. You know, your ability to do things, your cognitive skills, it's your memory of how to do things. Mm. So it's how to do, make decisions, solve problems, how to do the washing, how to hold a pen, how to write, how to type, all those sort of things as well. And they reckon that that is also being affected 
Okay. And we must look at that that as well, not mm. just concentrate on the memory. Mm. So that screening is very important. Yeah, uh, if, if somebody um, in their family has a person who is showing some kinds of symptoms, uh, it doesn't mean to say that they have got the onset of Alzheimer's, but it does mean that there might be some little flags going up. For example, things like um, becoming withdrawn or uh, becoming angry and frustrated or uh, mood swings and confusion, trouble communicating. Are those, are those kind of markers that you would look at and say, well, there could be something happening here? Not simply a case of, oh, I forget people's names. Who are you again? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, any, any symptoms like that, we, we do recommend please go and have them investigated. It doesn't have to be Alzheimer's or any other type of dementia. It might be something else. It might be your thyroid. It might be depression, for example. Um, you know, you might be dehydrated and it's causing problems. High blood pressure, low blood pressure, vitamin deficiency, anemia. Okay. There's a whole long list okay. um, of diseases that might be causing those symptoms. So please have it investigated. But if it is a type of dementia, then we can look at it and start treating it. Or not treating it, giving you something for it, especially with regards to Alzheimer's. The earlier you are diagnosed with it, and put onto medication to slow down the progress of the disease, the better. Because it's not only your memory that then improves, but also your cognitive um, skills improved, mm. your ability to do things and to function. Mm. Uh, from, from um, I was just reading last night in, in preparation for this that, that there, are, there are different stages uh, that, that you go through from uh, mild to moderate and severe. Yes. And severe means that you actually now are not able to do anything, including controlling bodily functions. And that, that's kind of near the end, is that right? That, that, that's correct. You're, after that, you're at your terminal stage. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. What I wanted to find out from you was about the, the genetic risk factors. Now, uh, again, you hear people talking about, well, my grandmother had uh, some kind of, of dementia. Therefore, the chances of my getting uh, Alzheimer's are much improved. Is that right? Um, look, with, with regards to the older onset um, Alzheimer's, if you have a family member that had it, your risk is higher. But there's no guarantee, all right, either way that you will or you won't get it. I mean, we've had people with Alzheimer's and there's absolutely no history in their family. Our problem comes in with a young onset. With a young onset Alzheimer's, there is a genetic link. But once again, we have found that uh, it's not, uh, there doesn't have to be a family member that did have young onset. For some reason, you have this gene, mm. and that they don't know why, why it just suddenly appears. Mm. But if you do have a parent with um, young onset Alzheimer's, you, there's a very good chance, there's a 50-50% chance that you will have a get a young onset Alzheimer's. Just uh, define what young onset, what, what sort of age are you looking at? Between about the age of 30 to 64. Is that called young onset? Yes, yeah. So yeah. you can... We haven't had anybody younger than uh, 30 that I know of. No. But somebody at the age of 30 and, 30. and they get Alzheimer's? Shocking. Um, and and they're building their career and their families and just starting out in life. And Absolutely. It's devastating. Is it, is it more female than male or is it um, both? It is both, but funny, strangely enough, you say that. You know, if I think of the people that have contacted us, it's mainly men. Mm. But uh, I, I don't want to say statistically that's correct. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Okay, Colin wants to know, can marijuana help in the treatment of Alzheimer's? <laughs> and then we can't treat Alzheimer's. We can only slow down the progress of the disease. And there's a lot of debate around that. And but not, it has not been scientifically proved in any way. Mm. It's more kind of anecdotal, isn't it? In fact, medical medicinal marijuana has been banded around for recently quite a lot uh, for all kinds of 
diseases, pain and stomach problems and ulcers and all that kind of thing. Um, but again, there are no clinical trials, and uh, it's a personal kind of thing. It depends on on, uh, on, on what you on what you believe in. If um, you feel better, take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> despite the fact that it is in fact still illegal. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, Tia says, "I hi Errol. I'm starting to forget things. Is there anything I can do? I'm 66." Uh, we're saying um, that it's part of the of, of getting slightly older is to forget things. Uh, Lorraine, is that, is that that's the start point? Yes, that, that is. There is normal age, and we do forget things, and we tend to sieve. We don't concentrate so much, and if we're given information that we don't have to remember, we forget it because we don't have to remember it. We're so full. Our brain is so full of memories that we've collected all these years. So we tend to serve automatically. The thing is that memory recall. And if Tia's finding that it's starting to interfere with his daily living, you know, Mm. like paying accounts and shopping lists and that sort of thing, it's really starting to interfere. Please, he must rather go and have it investigated. Don't Mm. delay yeah, I was just smiling, recalling uh, the uh, comment that's going around that says the reason why older people f- tend to forget things is because they've got so much stuff stored in that ma- right. in that brain. That's right. <laughs> There's no room for anything else. <laughs> um, okay, and then another SMS. Uh, good morning. Is Parkinson's dementia not caused by too little dopamine? That's from Pete. Uh, it's no. They they're looking at the Lewy bodies. It's caused by the Lewy body in the brain. Mm. That, that protein that I've talked about the Louis, that causes the Lewy body dementia. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So numbers to dial: oh one one double eight three oh seven oh two or oh two one four four six oh five six seven. Or you could SMS on three one seven oh two or three one five six seven. SMS is coming in. Is it is it genetic? Says somebody. Well, yes. We've just discussed that. Um, early onset is genetic, which is what you're saying. If I'm right, Lorraine. Yes, it is. So, and also late onset, there is a genetic link, but it's not as strong. Okay, so if you have a history in your family of Alzheimer's, if you if you get dementia um, or Alzheimer's under the age of 60, that's called early onset, and that is because your grandfather or somebody had it. But after that, um, it could still be, but the, as you say, it's, it's not as strong. What are the chances of, of getting it, just people who might have just joined us, one in, in nine is your average over the age of 60? 65. 65. Yes. Yeah. And that's male, female, black, white across the board. Absolutely. It's not discriminatory in any no, way. No, not even with your, your level of education either. Okay. They reckon that the higher your education, the lower your risk. But I think, you know, if you look at Ronald Reagan and Maggie Thatcher, etc., they just got it later in life. So I think what it does is it slows down the onset. It delays that onset. So, and, and Julian and others, we, we're going to come to you right now. Um, that just brings the question to mind about keeping the brain active and, and, uh-huh. and uh, working with things like Sudoku and crossword puzzles and uh, maths and so on. Is there, is there some evidence to show that doing those uh, brain activities will uh, reduce or, or eliminate the onset of Alzheimer's? It certainly does slow down the onset, and it has been scientifically proved as well. And very good is learning something new. So learn a new language, for example. I but like that, that stimulates yeah. the brain even more. Yeah. And it happens when people retire often, doesn't it, where they have been working flat out all their lives, now they're 65, um, suddenly sit back and, gosh, now what am I going to do? Yes. Um, and that, for me, at, at a personal level, is, is very much enforced because my mother-in-law did exactly that and she retired at 65 and she did nothing and oh, the yeah. Alzheimer's just set in and by the time she was 75, she didn't know who her children were oh, and it's gosh. just... That's just the most debilitating and most terrible disease. Yes. I want to talk about uh, people who support groups and people who are involved and so on. Um, but let me talk to Julian first in Randburg. Hello, Julian. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good, thanks. And you? Very well, thank you, sir. 
No, I just wanted to comment with regards to um, cannabis because the gentleman said it before. To cannabis, uh, yes? Fr- yes, sir. From what I've read, and I've read quite extensively about it, apparently the body naturally produces some cannabinoids, all right? And apparently when, the, when your body stops producing cannabinoids or slows down in producing cannabinoids, you have a higher risk of developing Alzheimer's, all right? So even though there is not much research that shows the actual scientific facts, there are a lot of people that have been helped thanks to medical marijuana. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Julian. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, Lorraine, it's not something that you would that you would advocate. Um, well, I, I can't advocate it because we haven't got that research, the research no. findings there. But you know, we just don't know. We don't know what is causing Alzheimer's, mm. and it might be. We might be looking at it, looking at it. Might be right in our face mm-hmm. for all we know. And we're looking. We're being too certain scientific in our approach. Um, so I really wish there's so much research going out there to find the causes mm. and there's so much argument and there's so much disagreement mm. <laughs> really it is, there is but that's great news I mean we need that yeah all right, uh, we're talking to Lorraine Schurlinger uh, about Alzheimer's and uh, numbers to dial 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567 or we can SMS on 31702 or 31567. Back after this. Call us on 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. We're talking with Lorraine Schrodinger, who is a trainer at Alzheimer's SA. Uh, let's go to some of your SMSs. Uh, hi, Errol, and your guest is dementia hereditary. We've just done that already. Also, does fluid intake help with dementia? Many thanks from Paul in four ways. Fluid. Yes, very important. Uh, in, what, in what way? It keeps the system flushed? Absolutely. It keeps it hydrated, and our, our neurons need hydration as well. And often a lot of elderly people do not take enough fluids and they become dehydrated. And also an effect of that, of course, is your renal functioning. And um, it also, you become constipated. And constipation with elderly people can cause confusion. And we get a lot of elderly people who do, and even people who have Alzheimer's, for example, or any type of dementia, if they don't drink properly, drink enough, sorry, they become confused, more confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you were saying that there is a lot of research uh, into uh, late-onset Alzheimer's, uh, education, um, diet, and, and many other factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there some expectation that they will come up with something new, or do you think that history shows that nothing has come up yet, so it's unlikely to? Nothing's come up yet. You know, it very sadly everything that they've come up with so far has been disproved and we get so excited about it and then boom bang you know they just find that it's it's not happening Um, that the trials you know when the trials uh, reach the human stage Mm. and they find that no it's not working I was reading in in the press release um, about the Alzheimer's Association International Conference held mm. in, uh, where was it, just recently in Toronto, mm. um, that, that, that was talking about subtle shifts in our senses of sight and smell may well reveal the early warnings we've been searching for. Can you yes. just talk about that a minute? Isn't that interesting? But, you know, we've had so much of this. And every time we get, as I say, we get excited about it. But, you know, they, they're saying that with, the, um, with the smell, for example. But what they've also found out is that if you have Parkinson's disease, you also tend to lose your smell, your sense of smell. I wonder how many other diseases there are out there. Yeah, I get, you, I get what you're saying, yeah. So, you know, we really don't... Oh, it's... Mm. I really don't like to quote research mm. until they've actually proven it. Mm. We, there, there was that medication that everyone was excited about, the drug LMTM, which um, they reckoned killed, uh, prevented the, the tau tangles, which meant that the neurons survived. It didn't kill because the tau tangles killed the neurons. And I were really getting hyped up about it. What have they found? 
Was, it doesn't work. Yeah, the research I was reading says that none of the 891 patients taking the new drug showed any improvements over those that had taken the placebo. Yes, yes so, that's bad. bottom line, doesn't work. Yeah. Tia wants to know, please let me know where I can go and get tested. Now, good question because a lot of people will be thinking, what, do I go to a specialist or go to a GP? Where do I go for the basic testing? All right. Um, for example, Alzheimer's hearting, we do a screening Okay, which is approximately two and a half to three hours. So we do a full, we take history, everything, and then we will will refer you accordingly. We look at the whole picture. We don't do that diagnosis. We then refer you for the actual diagnosis because only a doctor can diagnose. You can go to your GP. You can go to... Um, but your GP must have a specific interest, please, in, in dementia as well. Bearing That's in mind time. the earlier discussion about misdiagnosis. Exactly. And, you know, a GP can only give a 15-minute appointment. You can't sit at a GP for two and a half hours. He can't mm. give you that mm. time. So then preferably go to somebody else like a psychiatrist or a neurologist or a psychoneurologist. Mm. But a psychoneurologist, again won't diagnose, he'll do all the screening and refer you then to a psychiatrist or a, um, a neurologist. Mm. Or a geriatrician. We have wonderful geriatricians out there that are, have an interest in, in dementia. Mm. Okay. Uh, somebody wants to know if you're a doctor. No, I'm not. I'm a nurse. You're a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for making this terribly scary disease more open. I was diagnosed about four years ago with dementia. My biggest problem is getting lost. It is awful and dangerous. And once I panic, the spiral's out of control. Mm-hmm. Is there not something that can be done for the panic? That's from Gordon. He says, I'm 55. Getting lost. Getting lost. That's, that is scary. Really scary. It's scary enough for us, you mm. know. <laughs> Um, and we have all our senses for Gordon. I really feel for him there. Um, Gordon, I suggest that what he does is he always carries a card or something in his pocket right, yeah. to say that I am Go- my name is Gordon, I have Alzheimer's, um, mm. please phone this number. Mm. So that when he does get lost, if he sees someone, he can show them the card and say, please phone these people for me. Okay, mm. that sort of back help, that support does, can help him to some extent. He can also take with him a little tablet um, that he can ask the doctor to diagnose for, uh, to diagnose, (laughs) to prescribe for him, Um, just to keep one on him, one on him, just so if he does get lost and he gets to that panic stage, that he finds that it's it's getting too much, right? Obviously, if you panic, you stop, you take a breath, you sit down, you try and relax, etc., but it depends on his circumstances and what's happening around him. So then he can just pop that little tablet that will help calm him down. What sort of tablet? Have you got a brand name? What, what, what? It, it, it's called Ativan. Oh, Ativan, it's yes. Just a, point, uh, just a 0,5 milligram. So it's the tiniest, tiniest dose. And it, what it does then, it will just help him take the edge off it. Okay. But please, you must only take one, and you must only take it if absolutely necessary. Yes. Of course, the thing is, if, you, if you're living with a family or your you know, husband living with a wife or if you have a partner, um, and you have Alzheimer's, which uh, causes you to get lost or to uh, just generally be confused, and the front door is open or the gate is open and you walk out, um, this could be a major problem. You need to then look at perhaps keeping the person inside, and that that also will lead hugely to the frustration of the of the individual, won't it? Yes, you're so right there. And they do like to get out, really. I mean, we all like to get out. Yes. We have this this need to walk and to get out, and they have exactly the same need. And once you start restricting, it causes anxiety, frustration, and anxiety, and it might end up in anger. Mm. Um, so preferably then the person should be taken out for walks and taken out to the shops and taken out on out- outings. Please, not to hide the people away. Um, get them out there. The more they, they socialize and they mix, but not in large crowds. They, they find it very difficult often in large crowds. Um, the better for them as well. Mm. The thing is that Alzheimer's is a very individual disease. It's as individual, honestly, as a snowflake. 
So what I'm saying works for one might work for one person, but not might not work for another person. Mm. Let's go back to the lines. Is it Karen or Karen in Cape Town? Hi, Errol. It's Karen. Hello, Karen. It's a wonderful program you've got. I, I just you. wanted to ask your expert a nurse. I think it's wonderful that she's helping us because it's quite a problem, I think, with people who suffer with dementia. And I've got a particular problem that I've got in a person with early onset Huntington's disease that I love very dearly and I'm caring for. And um, a dementia seems to be a condition that keeps cropping up. People keep on saying, you know, dementia is one of the, the symptoms of early onset Huntington's disease. And his younger brother, who's seven years younger than him, has been institutionalized with what has been called psychosis, which is being psychotic. And I have no, I, mean, I don't know what that is, is. If that is a, something that's related to dementia, um, and but um, my partner hasn't had any sort of any sort of symptoms of dementia, though he does suffer with anxiety attacks if he's in very large crowds, mm. and also if he's. And I just wondered, you know, if there's any way of finding out how to minimalise it with, from the Huntington's perspective, because I haven't found any information specifically related to Huntington's. I've found it related to dementia. Mm. So, mm. there's any way of minimising or making it less. Um, because we go out a lot, and I, uh, and, and, and I find if we do routine things, it's great. And if we uh, put us in situations where we out and about, so that it becomes the norm. That yeah. obviously, if it's progressive, I'm going to have to sort of ha- manage it as it goes on. And I just wondered if there's any way that there was anything I could do that would make it less, mm. yeah, happen, you know, less quickly. Quite yeah. honestly, uh, Lorraine. Um, yes. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Um, sadly, it, as you so rightly say, it's not going to get better. And the best thing to do is keep him out of situations which do make him anxious. So when you do take him out, as you as you said, you've already identified the trigger, and the trigger is crowds, too many people. So try and keep him away from those situations. Look for the triggers in any of the behavior that causes, that causes stress or anxiety or more confusion. Mm-hmm. Identify those triggers and then just prevent them. Yes? Even though crowds are, are a problem, I found if I put him in crowds who are friendly people, and we have found there's a possibility of doing that. For instance, we go to the movies and there's the same people that work there. And it's crowds of people who are generally friendly. They're not like crowds of people just marching past, for instance, at the Navy Festival, where there's tons of people just... But if it's people... So he's not scared of crowds, particularly if if they're friendly crowds, if he can identify the difference between those. And that I found is very helpful for me because I need to be with people. So I've had fun societal things. It's important to engage with the people rather than than just be in a crowd. You mm. know, we talk to everybody if I can yeah. shop, so that, that's a friendly crowd kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, the dementia aspect, I, I, you know, I've even pushed these buttons so I can see if it's going to happen or if it's happening and it hasn't. And I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm almost like waiting for the event. You know, I don't know if there is one event that's going to happen or something that's going well, to Yeah, clearly you're doing the right thing though, Karen. Yes. Um, the thing is, Karen, don't, don't, become nervous and anxious and expect him to behave in a certain way he might not and it might be delayed and the presentation is going to be different in everybody it's yeah. he, he might not become psychotic like mm. his brother for example yeah. okay um so go go with the I listen on the radio yeah thank you karen okay. uh, interesting okay. karen in cape town all right um let's talk to paul in four ways good morning to you paul Morning to Errol and to Lorraine. Mm. Hi. Um, my mother is, is 89 and um, she has dementia and had a pretty bad fall and a couple of weeks back was hospitalized for a week. She knocked her, her, her eyebrow and had some stitches and so on. Um, would this exacerbate the dementia condition? That's the one question I wanted to ask, please. And the other one is, if I may, um, insomnia. We have 24-7 nursing care. This happened in a nursing home when I took my mother out and now I have her at home at day and night nursing. Um, but she's not sleeping at night. Very, very restless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
issues of um, presented through the fall or dementia or... All right. Um, first of all, what, what type of dementia has, been, has she been diagnosed with? That's frontal lobal, as I understand it. Frontotemporal lobe dementia. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Um, atrophied brain atrophied and so on. Yes, so that is causing her to fall as well. All right. As the mm. disease progresses through the brain, because the frontal temporal lobe also progresses, it's hitting areas of the brain, for example, where she walks, that controls her walking, how to stand, her balance, etc. Yes. All right. So that is why she's falling. So she can fall as uh, easily at home. All right. Yeah. So having 24-hour care will certainly prevent that. Yeah. With regards her bumping her head no we cannot mm. say we cannot say if it's going to make it okay. worse or less mm. um and her sleeping at night not sleeping at night again it's another symptom of of the dementia progressing through through the brain some people don't ah. some people sleep all night um it has yeah. no effect on them but others are restless say up all night be very yes. wary of sedation because sedation causes low blood pressure and increases the risk of your mother falling and she's already fallen. You don't want her falling again. Oh, interesting. Just watch it mm. like during the day that she's not um, taking catnaps and not sleeping. The more she sleeps during the day and the more inactive she is during the day, then she's going yeah. to be up and awake at night. And also sunlight. Um, they have found, researchers found that the more sunlight they have, at least 15 minutes of sunlight per day. And I'm mm. talking about direct sunlight. Definitely mm. helps decrease agitation and also it helps uh, improve appetite and sleeping at night. Mm. <laughs> Paul, thank <laughs> you. Very. Mm. Thank you very much for the call. Um, yeah, there's no correlation with, with any head injuries. Uh, no, I've got, we, can't, we can't say yeah, that. I've got report. SMSs to that. Can, can Alzheimer's be caused by trauma to the head, says Hillary, and the answer is this. No. Once again, there's a big query there. Some people say yes, we've done um, a lot of screening, and yes, there has been trauma, but there's also yes. been psychological trauma in a person's life as yes. well. So, yeah. um, Neil in Heldecrane says, uh, memory loss, I came in late to the show. Who's the right person to diagnose memory issues? Uh, my GP has done blood work and memory tests. Now what? Okay. Um, an MRI scan would also help and maybe referral to a psychoneurologist mm. um, because the psychoneurologist will do intense testing to mm. find out wh- exactly which part of the brain is affected and how it is affected because stress. Tremendous stress can also get the same symptoms of a dementia, for example. Right. Okay. So I suggest further testing. Mm. Um, Margie says, do people with Alzheimer's become very aggressive or violent? And I know what your answer is going to be. Lorraine, yes, they can do. Yes, but no, I, I don't like that word aggressive and violent at all. No, not necessarily. As we said, it's very individual. But usually that anger, I prefer to call it anger, okay. is due to frustration. Yes. Um, due to miscommunication, misunderstanding, frustration, not being able to do things. People are trying to stop them from doing what they want to do, they mm. can't do. You can understand it. And that's usually what the cause is. It's frustration. They just don't just become normally yeah. angry or yeah. side effects of medication. It's another thing. You know, on that note, just talking earlier about my mother-in-law who had Alzheimer's and, and uh, she was put into, we put her into a home. I mean, going back many years now, we put her into a home and there was one little window in her room and I'm listening to you talking about sunlight and they were allowed out occasionally, but she got extremely agitated uh, because she was in this room and it was a different place to what she knew. Aye. And because she didn't, wasn't familiar with where things were or, or what was going on, uh, she just manifested in, in extreme agitation. Yes, yes, yes. And then they can start hitting out. Yeah, mm. yeah. They can't control it. Yeah. They don't understand and they can't control it and nobody understands where they're at. Carol wants to know, what is the life expectancy with Alzheimer's? Um, up to 20 years. From, from first diagnosis, okay. Mm. 
Right. Just let's talk um, in the last few minutes we've got. And I'll go back to Raphael and others just uh, as quickly as we can. But uh, it's important to look at the, the, the management or the support of anybody in the household, any friend or anybody who has um, uh, Alzheimer's. Um, it's for, it's for your role as, as, as a carer, even though it's not a formal carer, you happen to be in the environment where the person is can be very frustrating yeah. for you as an individual and that can that can uh, impact on the on the person who has the alzheimer's so what is the role of a person who is in the family or in the house to continue with their interests as much as possible they need time out they need resp- some res- form of respite they need a support system that will step in when they need to step out which can be family members, can be a neighbor, can be anybody in the area that will just come in and give, can sit with that person, with that, the person that has the dementia, so that the carer can leave and get away. They need to carry on with it as much as possible with their own hobbies and interests. They need to care for themselves, or otherwise they're going to end up with a carer dementia. Mm. and also their physical health. There are support groups out there. Um, there are support groups all over, and it would be ideal if they could join a support group where they're sitting with other people yes. who are basically in the same situation yes. and understand where they're coming from, understand what their problems and frustrations are, where they can talk to the others freely, about their concerns, about their anger, their own frustrations, and what is happening without any criticism. And that organization, one of them certainly, is Alzheimer's SA. That's right. Uh, I know you have a monthly magazine, or uh, you send out newsletters and all this kind of stuff. That's correct. And there's also in uh, Cape Town, there is Dementia SA as well. Alzheimer's SA is Mm. in the Western Cape, and um, there's also Dementia SA. All right, let's talk uh, to, is it Raphael or Raphael in Joburg? Hi. Raphael. Raphael, good morning to you. Morning. Um, I just was interested to hear that there is also no government support here in South Africa because we immigrated to Australia 20 years ago. And when my wife was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, um, we were, oh, I was shocked to learn that um, in Australia, if you're not um, 65 or over, that there's absolutely no government support for you. Really? So we were fortunate that we were in a position to be able to come back here and have access to um, care and, and care of a very high standard. But um, it's just a crying shame that there is no um, government support in many countries around the world to assist people in the situation. Mm. And the Department of Social Development is very supportive uh, with us with regards to educating us, educating the, the social workers. Well, they're right out there in the field. They're right out there in the community, so they know what's happening. But it's the Department of Health, which is a major problem, and we don't get any subsidy from any of the depart- mm. uh, from the Department of Health at all. Thanks, Rafael, for your call. Uh, just in the last few minutes, um, somebody wants to... Marge, Marge or Marge says, um, Morning, if a person becomes aggressive, how would nurses at frail care deal with it? Um, first of all, they have to deal with the person that is angry at the time, and the big thing is to give them space. Not to try and stop them, not to confront them, talk calmly to them, step back, give them that space. If necessary, it might be better that the nurse leaves the room, but never more than one, one nurse at a time is to approach that person. Okay, they need to try and identify afterwards the possible cause of that anger so that that can be prevented again. Mm. And as we say, often it is, there's physical causes they need to look at, possible psychological causes and possible environmental causes. Mm. When they care for people with dementia, it's a scientific care. It's not just tender, loving care. You really need to understand what dementia is and the progress of the different types of dementia and presentation, a good understanding. Mm. And that, sadly enough, there are many homes out there that say, oh, no, we look after people.
people with dementia. We have no problem. All our staff are trained. They are not trained. They do not have an understanding of what's happening. It requires a whole set of skills on the part of the carer, doesn't it? Absolutely. And a huge amount of understanding. And we're talking right from mm. management level, right through mm. to cleaners, to gardeners, to kitchen staff, to everybody mm. must have a good understanding. Okay, last uh, SMS. Hi there. Uh, my mum has been having short-term memory uh, for over a year, but she doesn't want to go out anymore. Every time we make a plan to go out, she says she's giddy and goes back to bed. Is this part of Alzheimer's? She's 89 years old from Linda. It can be. She, if she has short-term memory loss, she has most probably has the insight to know that she's not remembering. And when you go out, it's embarrassing. If you can't remember, you don't know what you're going to be confronted with. She'd that. rather be inside where it's Absolutely. safe. They withdraw. They mm, start yeah. withdrawing, yeah. Gosh. Um, that, that is natural if there is a problem there. Yeah. But then at, at her age, if you have a good understanding and you go with the flow, okay, just accept her, accept her feelings, try and socialize, but keep it small, like with the family. Rather have the family coming to visit then if mm. she doesn't want to yeah. go out. Lorraine, we're we're out of time. Um, it's been fascinating talking to you again. Thank you so much. Uh, people, some, I've got listeners who want to know: Is this being uh, podcast? Yes, it will be podcast, so you'll be able to pick it up um, next week on the internet. Give us a contact for either yourself or or for Alzheimer's SA. Okay, um, the helpline for Alzheimer's SA is zero eight six zero one zero two six eight one. And the helpline for Dementia SA is 0860-636-679. And the um, Houting office for Alzheimer's, is, is, uh, for Alzheimer's is 011-346-2757. Lorraine Schillinger, thank you so much for Alzheimer's you, SA. Wonderful talking to you. Thank you so yeah, much. Okay, bye-bye. That's uh, Lorraine from Alzheimer's. Let me give you that number again. 0860-102-681 is one of the numbers you can dial. The other one is 0860-636679. And that's a wrap for early morning breakfast for this Saturday morning. I'm off to the rugby this afternoon. I uh, hope you're going to be making it as well. But whatever you're doing, have a fantastic weekend. My name is Errol Ballantyne. It is 6 o'clock.